Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 or 15 minutes, and I am very grateful to welcome our guest today. This is Joe Morin. He is the founder and CEO of SciFlare out of Morgan Hill, California. Joe, thank you so much for taking time to join me on the podcast today. What would you like the audience to know about SciFlare? Absolutely. So thanks for having me, Sean. I really appreciate that. Um, I think the key thing with SciFlare, SciFlare, although we're a 24-7 cybersecurity company, um, we're a verb, and it means to integrate and automate your cybersecurity. So what we do is is, uh, above and beyond traditional uh, security operations center. We watch stuff. we, We work with clients, let them know things are happening. But it's really about automated response integrating with tools they have and um, working towards the real goal, which is to fix stuff um, as it happens to really contain a threat. And the other key thing is that we allow clients complete optionality when it comes to the tools that they have. A lot of clients already have investments. A lot of clients change their investments. They change their people and the tools, the vendors, all of that comes with it. SciFlare allows you to have a single sock but connect to any of these things and you have total fluidity as, mm. as things change and the, the years go by. Oh, that's great. And boy, is it ever needed this, uh, this day and age, you got to have security everywhere. <laughs> it's crazy out there. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, let's jump to our questions then our first question. And Joe, as you've been building your business and running your company, is there a challenge that uh, you're especially proud that you overcame? Yeah, there, there is. And, um, there's a lot of wins. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of trophies, virtual trophies. But I think that the, the single biggest thing for us is we uh, we bootstrapped this business. So, you know, we didn't go get a bunch of VC money or, or anything like that. Um, so becoming profitable is uh, and doing it sustainably and the right way. Um, you did it ethically, um, all of those things. And it's something that we could build on top of in the future with the, the market downturn and all the different forces that are in motion and, and frankly against us, it's a huge achievement. And we've done this with some amazing people that have been committed to the mission, but just getting profitable and knowing that it's sustainable, it's viable, it's legitimate for all the reasons. I'm so thankful to see the market starting to reward profitable companies, not just growing companies. And uh, we're certainly ahead of the pack on that one. That is awesome. Congratulations, first of all, because that is, well, to say not easy, it is difficult to do, to get uh, to bootstrap it without having to use VC funding or anything else for that matter. That is awesome. A great team, great partners. You know, it's it's constant collaboration. It, It takes a village. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Very inspirational. All right. Question number two, how can leaders foster creativity within their team or company? I think the biggest thing that, you know, I, I do personally, you know, I, I, I like to think I, I'm, I'm a good leader, right? I think most do. But one of the things that I do very pointedly and, and uh, with purpose is I reach out to my lieutenants, right? And I say, I'm thinking this, or I have a dynamic, I have something, I have a piece of information, right? I'm processing, I'd like you to process with me. So when a lot of times I'm approaching uh, the leadership team early, and it's because there's a, a potential shift in a perspective, a new data point, and it allows the whole team to solve with me, uh, sometimes for me. Um, but you know, it, it allows us to all get in the same boat. At least we all have the same vantage point, same perspective. 
um, and it's a gut check on the same goal. It's amazing what comes out of it. It's, you know, you get concurrence almost always, but you get uh, creative ideas um, based on the same data points. And I think that's a big miss is when you have companies with ivory towers and things cascade. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of creativity because I was just given this goal, this mission, and it was almost forced on how I got there. Um, I think in our SciFlare construct, it's more about here's what we got, here's what we know, here's what we want to do, any ideas on how we get there. And it's uh, it's amazing to see what uh, the team comes up with. Oh, I love that. That is great. It's uh, And I love that you touched on the fact that sometimes leaders, they, they get almost too prescriptive in in how they want things done. And, and there's there's situations where that's necessary, but boy, as often as you can, I love how you approach that. Hey, solve this with me. You kind of, hey, let's, let's get on this, this little journey together there. I love that. That is awesome. All right. Thanks. Question number three, how can leaders, kind of a similar question, but how can leaders help build trust between the team members? I think the key thing is, and it sounds a little, you know, I guess standard to say is just get out of the way, right? So how do you get trust? You know, you, you co-own the idea right? You co-author, you know, with the leadership team from question number two, you know, you do that properly. And then when it comes time to execution, you get out of the way, right? And you make sure that the goal and these steps and the tracking that the metrics, whatever, um, you trust your leadership team to make it uh, an end user sport, right? That individual contributor knows what we're all doing, um, why we're doing it, what, what the goal is. And when they all talk about it regular, and there's a process around it, it is a team sport and it, it really, you know, it, uh, it gets everyone accountable and communicating like, Hey, this is what I need you to do. This is what I need from you. Um, this is what we're expecting. And when you have the iteration in between to see how you're doing against it and a leadership team, that's always listening and prepared to just block tackle, get out of the way. It starts with me. It starts with my partner. It starts, you know, it goes all the way down, but that mentality cascades, right? So if everyone is, uh, accountable. We all know what we're doing, why we're doing it. That teamwork happens pretty naturally because you can't hide, right? You know what you're supposed to do. And uh, when you put the points on the board, you need to reward that. But I think the trust happens just from absolute clarity of uh, intent out of the gate. And, you know, everyone knows if they did it or they didn't. Um, and you always get respect from it because again, it comes back to that single vantage point, the perspective and you just get respect. And I think that's more important than, than trust in some cases. Um, sometimes there's a bit of leap of faith when you make big shifts in the business or right. things are unknown, but at least if there's respect, we're going in together, you know, how things, how we come out and we'll see how it goes. Well, and I, I love that you pointed out and, and, and brought up the connection between trust and respect because they are I think very complimentary and sometimes they're, they're exclusionary to a certain degree where you respect a person, but uh, may not always trust them, but, uh, you know, but they, in my view, they really do go together. And I'd love that right. you brought that up. All right. Question number four, is there an example of either your personal life or professional life of maybe a perceived failure, a setback of some kind that you turned into a win? Yeah. You know, I think the, uh, the one that we guard uh, near and dear is, is wins and losses with clients, right? So, you know, contracts won, contracts lost, right? I think every every company in this space, SOC is a really hard business, you know, dependent on the report you read, 
uh, maybe 50%, give or take five, 10 points, are actually happy with their outsourced security provider. So um, it nets out to say that um, SOC as a service, uh, as a business, it's a relatively high churn thing. For Cypher, it's not. But I tell you, when, when we lose a client, it is it ripples. Everybody in the company knows it, and we take it super serious. So, you know, when I think of uh, this question and the answer, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a large client loss that we had. And we really reflected on this one. We really did a postmortem to figure out what could we have done? What, what do we do um, in the future? And, you know, the, uh, the, the hard thing about it was that the, the answer was simple and it was talk to the client more, right. But talk at different levels, um, not just one level. It's not about grandstanding and it's just executive to executive. It's not about the front line always talking and, and doing more. It's about all levels. I mean, zippers don't work without the next rung, right? You know, it, it takes it takes all sides in order to make that thing really come together in unison. So, you know, for us, we, we took that loss and, and everyone felt it in the company in a lot of ways, but we took that. And now we've got an impressive uh, lineup in terms of sessions where we are interlacing with our strategic accounts at all levels. And we've even begun practicing this already. And it's amazing what we've learned. Things that are going well. You know, there's three questions in terms of what should we start doing? What should we stop doing? And what should we continue doing? Those three questions are going to get us so much in the, in the next year um, when we ask from different vantage points to different perspectives um, through the client organization, as well as the partners we work with. So, you know, that's uh, that was a major loss, but I think a huge win. It's going to it's going to make us a lot more than it cost us in the, that point in time. That you you hit on something that is so critical and it sounds so obvious, but we don't. I think as professionals, we don't do it very well sometimes, and that's we don't communicate like we should. And I love your zipper analogy, by the way. I love that. I'm just imagining, yeah, you've got these little pieces and they interlock and they get stronger as a result. Right. So yeah. great analogy. I love the zipper analogy. Well, it All wasn't right. planned. It just it just came out, Sean. So. Hey, great! A revelatory yeah. moment here where we learn something together. Yeah. You get to keep it then. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, last question, Joe. Tell us a little bit about your first job. Yeah, you know, i I grew up uh, I grew up single mom, all, all that stuff. And uh, first job, I had actually walked uh, to a farm. It was about a mile away in a snowstorm in upstate New York. And uh, my stepdad was like, hey, if you want all these nice clothes and all these nice things, like all your friends at school, um, you're going to go get them. And here's an idea. There's a farm up the road. Go go talk to the guy. Give him your number and, uh, you know, and try to get a job there because that's the only thing you can get to without us. And so I did that, walked in the, in the snow and uh, this farmer just opened the door, looked at this 12 year old kid. And I think I was wearing shorts. So I was trying to be too cool and look classy in a snowstorm, right? And, uh, you know, I just stumbled my way through asking for a, a job. Hey, in the spring, you know, call me if you need anything. I didn't even know what I was asking for. It's just a farm and, you know, potential money. And sure enough, the guy called me, called me in the spring. I showed up in shorts and uh, low cut shoes. And uh, the job was bailing hay. And if anybody has done that, I was in the mow. I was tripping through uh, hay bales. My legs were destroyed after day one, Ouch. but I stuck with it for five years working for area farms. And uh, it was five bucks a load, not five bucks an hour, it's five bucks a load. And these wow. were not elegant state-of-the-art farms. They were 1950 kicker balers and 
uh, broken down wagons and it was brutal work, you know, having to throw hay bales 30 feet in the air. And if it came back down, you're the only one sending it back. So, you know, that was my first job and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was rewarding because I know what hard work really uh, looks and smells like. <laughs> oh yeah, you sure do. Yeah. I, um, quick, uh, quick story. I got to try to remember how old I was, 14, 15, maybe. Um, I had a friend of mine who had an uncle that had a, a little farm outside of, of town there in the, I, was, I grew up in Oregon and I went and helped him for three days and I thought I was going to die. I just, I was like, holy cow, because it's kind of a uh, get it done or you don't go home and eat kind of a thing. It's like, this is it. We got to do it right now. This is, there is no break and pick it up tomorrow. We got to get it done. But yeah. uh, great story. I, I love the, uh, the farm ranch stories that I hear from guests. So that's, that was their first job because it's hard work and it really helped shape. Well, them. you know, it helps, uh, helps me, you know, uh, you know, give some advice to young people coming into this where it's like, why do we have to click it three times? Why can't it be two? <laughs> right. It's like, well, let me share a story. Right. There so you go. perspective is everything. <laughs> right. Give them a little perspective, have them go out and bail hay for a day and see how they like it. So yep. in shorts, nonetheless, to scrape up their legs. That's right. Oh, Joe, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed our conversation. How can people find you? SciFlare.com. Uh, feel free to email me. It's simply Joe, J-O-E at SciFlare.com. And uh, you can always call in. We're 24-7. So Fantastic. call live chat. We make it easy. Very good. Love it. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to TeamEngagementPodcast.com. We also invite you to subscribe or follow the podcast where, wherever you may be watching or listening to it. And we also remind you, as always, to have humility to learn and then courage to act. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great day.